Welcome to Interchange. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Pettit. Interchange was founded inside of Bond, the embedded finance company. This podcast is a place for conversation, questioning, and open learning about the future of embedded finance. Our very special guest this week is Lindsay Davis, head of markets at Atomic and fintech connoisseur in general. Bond and Atomic recently inked a partnership to bring the world of embedded finance and payroll together. We cover what exactly Atomic does, what we'll be bringing to partners together, Atomic Bonding, and why it matters for our socioeconomic future. But first, we start with a bit of background on Lindsay. I hope you enjoy our interchange. We spend a lot of time together on other podcasts, but on this one, this listener base has not had a chance to meet you yet. So give me a little bit of the, the Lindsay history and kind of what what got you to Atomic eventually. Yeah. Well, hi, listeners. I'm Lindsay Davis. I'm head of markets at Atomic, where we're building payroll connectivity. I joined to help establish what is payroll connectivity as a market and a new category of fintech, evangelize our mission and vision to enable wealth creation for consumers and help, you know, really evangelize what we're trying to accomplish. I came from a company called CB Insights, where I built and scaled fintech research, including the Fintech 250, Fintech Trends to Watch, and unbundling things like Amazon and their playbook and financial services. And prior to that, I was at DTCC, where I was an internal auditor doing all things that no one had ever heard about until 2021, when uh, DTCC made some headlines with the collateral monitor product I actually got to work on while I was there. So I sashayed around from cap markets to startups to fintech and i you know ultimately found atomic because i was researching the 2020 trends to watch thinking through like what's going to happen next found jordan by profiling founders that had exited businesses within two to three years he had you know exited his company unbill was probably looking to like move on after that two to three year period which is typically when you know an non-compete expires and i hit him up and ultimately he kind of gave me some he gave me the slip he was like no i'm 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 at the Finnovation Squad, you should email me here and we'll have a conversation. But within 15 minutes, he was very quickly like, yeah, I'm building something. We're thinking through like payroll connectivity because what we had done at Unbuilt and the infrastructure we built, we actually had to rebuild it as a result of you know the complexity of connecting to banks. And he said, join me. And I said, no, I'm good. I just had hired nine analysts. We had every vertical, had a, had a dedicated person. And we were really excited about scaling. But then when COVID hit, I just kind of took stock of like what was important. and you spend a lot of time with founders and, and your podcast has been incredible in documenting, you know, what people were thinking and feeling, but in the beginning it was scared, right? I have to, you know, make cut backs. I have to figure out how to keep my staff funding has sort of dried, but now we've seen it explode since. But in that moment, it just really felt like I could do a service to FinTech companies by helping founders. And I did some consulting projects in between built a FinTech pandemic playbook, just did some of my research, but, thought through, you know, how would a founder take this and read this and be able to, you know, do something actionable with it. And then we found each other because of the internet and this beautiful time during COVID that allowed us to kind of create and figure out what is it that we each respectively want to do next. And there's been a lot of momentum in all of our careers and a lot of funding in FinTech, which we can get into, but one five venture dollars last quarter went to a FinTech company, which is wild. That is wild. 20% of all venture dollars going into this thing that we talk about all the time or that we've been talking about for years and is now suddenly the the hot thing on the street. I mean, it just think about the impact, though. We haven't really crossed 
a, a marquee threshold yet when it comes to just basic banking. Right. You know, we talked about overdraft fees on our, our newsish podcast, but that's something that I've been beating the drum about since my time as an analyst at CB Insights. If you think through like the largest banks, they made $4 billion last year in overdrafts. I think it was yesterday I got an ad from some Midwestern bank that it was literally just advertising that they would send a push notification if you were close to overdrafting. No overdraft protection. I mean, I guess that's kind of overdraft protection or something. But anyways, it's it's bonkers that these problems still exist and that the solutions are there but are not widely distributed yet, which I think is kind of what you and I like to get into and then widely distribute them. Right. And that's something that I'm excited about when we think through why we're here today to talk about, you know, the idea of our two infrastructure companies coming together to reduce the complexity for just developers to get up and running. Those types of innovations, these are problems that people feel and they think about, but the infrastructure to just get going is still extremely complex if you're thinking through integrating with a bank core, if you're thinking about getting a charter, there's a lot of of hurdles to to go through, regulatory as well. If we can reduce some of that complexity by coming together and creating a seamless integration for a developer to get up and running within four hours, that is going to be a catalyst for what is the next generation of fintech that's going to come tackle these problems. Yeah. I mean, Tenet, when you say it that way, especially when you quantify it in hours instead of days or months, I mean, it's more than a 10x shift. I've had kind of conversations trying to explain the bond atomic relationship with folks that are outside of the industry. And Mm -hmm. the only way I can come up with to describe it as an analogy is almost like bond, you know, you say the two infrastructure coming together. Bond is almost building the highway, I feel like, and Atomic is building like the on and off ramps is kind of how it feels to me. Yes. I've never, like, we have to dumb these, not dumb it down, but like, if you don't know FinTech and if you don't know the financial world, it's a really confusing thing to get into. I have said that we are building the on ramps to the next generation of financial services, because again, it's the idea of just opening up a bank account within 15 minutes, getting up and running and being able to connect it to your payroll account. That's incredible. But the the highway aspect of it, yeah, people have to be able to feel safe that they can get on the road to begin with and drive it. And that there's lanes on the highway and that they're staying in the right one and that there's a, you know, there's medians in which you can park if you have a flat tire, which, you know, we can get really into some bad metaphor murdering and get into, you know, how that is an overdraft fee or something. I mean, we could get really far down this road really fast. One of the most interesting things about you, I think, and we've had Jordan on the podcast before, but you specifically, every time we talk about a thing, you generally have written something about that thing two years ago. And it's like this, this, you know, sudden shift that happens in the market, but Lindsay somehow had published something two years ago. So I'm curious specifically about the payroll piece of what, <laughs> what is it that you've been watching over time in the, in the back, you know, the back alleys of Lindsay's mind that got you so convicted about payroll that you're going to join a company that is focused entirely on this one thing. In 2019, I did a trend called unbundling the paycheck. And I thought through how are these companies going about building distribution? And what you saw is that companies like Gusto were going in disintermediating the HR system altogether. So the ability to just pay a consumer, streamline that, make it a more fluid experience for the employee. Then you've got companies that are doing an income smoothing loan, somebody like an earn-in that's you know, looking at the hours and using mobile app data to help them access their funds a couple of days in advance. Then you had actual companies that were partnering with 
payroll companies and also with the benefits providers, something like a Brightside, which is enabling you know financial income smoothing products as well as financial literacy. And the gambit goes on. And I just thought through like how are these companies getting getting to market? And the thing that I've always been challenged when I think about the personal finance management app space, that data is happening for those companies because they're connecting via a data aggregator after that money has been distributed. It also doesn't have any insights related to you know, how much is this person putting into their 401k, if at all. Are they an hourly worker? Are they a full-time worker? Now we've got the gig worker and most payroll systems don't even you know, account for that yet because they just weren't built in a time in which gig working was as prominent as it is today. So the insights that could be garnered are, are fundamentally limited in the PFM if you're only looking at bank data. So I've always kind of thought through payroll. And the thing I wanted to do in 2020 was actually rebundle the paycheck, thinking through like, how do you recreate these services for people like the gig economy? Because they don't have an income history. They're not getting their data reported to the credit bureau on a consistent basis. So they're not building a credit profile. And we have thin file consumers. And that, that gap is just going to increase because this is now the new style of work. COVID has, has made people aware that they can work and they and they are when they want picking up gigs. And it's a, it's a style of work that is here to stay, but we need a system that includes them. Otherwise, financially, they're going to be excluded and our, our problems get worse as a society. So 100%. And I was just explaining that one trend randomly to, to Jordan about unbundling the paychecks. It was one I was so passionate about. And then he talked to me about his bank problems and going to, to payroll. And I was like, yeah, that, that makes 100% sense. And I was like, and if I did it, you know, I would go to all the big neobanks first because they're the ones that have the hardest problem thinking through their product roadmap right now. They were all fast following each other on features. It was you know, the high yield savings account, the crypto, the you know, two-day access to the paycheck, the zero overdraft, the, the table stakes features. But if you have data on your consumer about their income history, their employment history, you can build a product roadmap that is aligned with where they are in their financial life. So reading, reading between the lines a little bit, I mean, I guess number one to back up even a little bit, we had Trent from abound on the podcast a few weeks ago. And one of the things that I am constantly hit with when I'm talking with them is not only how important what you talked about in terms of the gig economy, but you can tell that this is a huge migraine level pain point because people that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, are in the same situation, right? You could make 40K or 50K or whatever working with Uber, or you could make 300,000 as a freelance designer, but and the infrastructure is not NFT. there. Yeah, yeah, but the infrastructure is not there, right? And this overlap of what we're talking about of the gig economy, freelancers, payroll, and the ability to spend and earn wage access and this highway that we're you know, metaphorically driving down, it, it seems like it's all coming to a head right now and you've been watching it kind of come together over the last couple of years, but it seems like this is a moment in time kind of a thing. I certainly hope so. I mean, your mission at Bond is to make the future of financial services personal. And this is extremely personal. People's money, people's livelihood, people's income, they should have more power over that, that financial data and be able to, to provision how they want it to go where, when, and why. But right now we've been pigeonholed into you know a two-day advanced you know, distribution on a direct deposit because that's the way the payroll is run. That's right. not that's not aligned with payday and bill pay because the misalignment will create problems for them, potentially overdrafting them or putting them in a situation where they're turning to a payday lender. 
And that is the, the slipperiest of slopes. If we accomplish nothing else together than building a, a highway with some on-ramps that keep people out of payday lending, I mean, the world is a better place by, by a significant amount. Agreed. Fully. Fully. So I think we, you know, we, lay, we laid down at at least at a high level kind of what we're doing together. You know, we, we're butchering the metaphor. What are the pieces of it that kind of excite you the most? Is there anything outside of the gig economy that kind of comes to mind that you feel like Bond and Atomic can accomplish together that maybe wouldn't have existed if we were kind of entities standing alone? There's two sides of that. For end consumers, I think that the financial products that are going to be created off of our partnership is going to be boundless. Um, but to get there first, the partnering enables end developers to get up and running with a combined solution without having to partner independently. So as the sole provider, you can partner with the market leading provider for payroll connectivity through Bond and then also get card issuance. This enables you know, the developer to not think about who am I integrating with for XYZ service? And it's a more streamlined experience for them to save resources and focus on product and execution. The idea, right? The idea and the iteration on that idea, that that time and attention will see so much more focus from, from the end developer because they're not thinking about how do I integrate with 450 different payroll systems and what if my integration with Gusto breaks and who's going to maintain that? Not to mention the 200 API calls or whatever it is that you need to get certified with to even work with some of these processors, right? I mean, the, the complexity that's being abstracted away is, is huge. Exactly. And it's something that they shouldn't have to spend time thinking about or understanding when you, when you partner with specialists in their domain. Like, that's all we do all day long is payroll and integrations and connectivity. We can tell you what is and isn't possible before you even waste the time. But having vetted, you know, us as a vendor, as a partner, I think it brings a lot of, of credibility to the space as well for, for people to think through like your infrastructure, like this is the core element of it. Having connectivity enables you to move direct deposits, access data, and then build new use cases. When you thought about the, the tax side of things, there's, an, there's a way, of course, to optimize 401ks that are not being optimized today, but you don't know that if you don't see what are they contributing, if you don't see the pay step, you have no idea. So that's one use case where I'm excited to see more innovation because retirement is something that is sorely underfunded in this country as a result of short-term debt always outweighing long-term goals. That's something that we actually have a customer who's, who's thinking through, how do I lend against that for my end consumer without hurting them from like a, I have a bill pay problem but helping them maximize the 401k contribution that they're not taking advantage of today. Mm. Similar to how people do that for like options when employees leave and they want to finance them. There's a couple ways of going about that. The 401k. I mean, the low hanging fruit in general is what, you know, and that's what kind of what we were saying earlier about the, the lack of the, the solutions being here, but they're not being widely distributed yet. I mean, that's, I think the thing that gets me most excited and also your point, you know, listening to a lot of the world of fintech talk about fintech all the time with more fintech we don't talk about developers all that much in my experience they don't get to be the center of the show and they don't get enough attention so it gets me excited that we're coming together to build things that allow people to test and move quickly whilst being in compliance and actually doing the right things for the consumer 
Right. And again, it's because there's hurdles in this industry. There's the regulatory hurdles of putting to market, then there's the finding a bank partner and due diligence. There's an operation side to this that is absolutely crucial. But yeah, at the end of the day, the developers just want the ease of integration, you know, beautiful API docs, and they want to be able to get up and running within a you know, short window of time. We've seen that happen. The four hour thing can happen if you're just in taking our, our SDK out of the box and, and developing on it. With Bond, I think that that increases because the opportunities to do things like you see the product through, not only are you just connecting to the payroll account, then you're pushing the funds to the to the cards that are, you've already issued. So there's no you know backend friction of having to connect those two behind the scenes. It's, it's an embedded and like, streamlined process for them. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Interchange with Lindsay Davis, head of markets at Atomic. Take a look at the show notes to take a deeper dive and find Lindsay on the interwebs. Interchange was founded inside a bond to benefit the developers, product owners, and executives at brands working inside the next generation of financial services. We hope that you're learning, enjoying, and maybe even laughing along. We love this world and we're passionate about every piece of it. Let us know what you'd like to learn more about, who you'd like to hear from, and what's getting you out of bed in the morning in this wild world of fintech in which we live. If you'd like to learn more about Bond, please reach out. You can get a hold of me at Zach at Bond.tech. Let's start a conversation. Check out the show notes and the Bond blog for a deeper dive if you're still listening and just can't get enough. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and a rating in your favorite podcast app. Until our next interchange.